Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Lord Jesus, thank you for the story in John chapter 6 where you fed the 5,000 and then people misunderstood what the bread was all about. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us today not to misunderstand what the bread is all about. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, big welcome to you if you're visiting with us. We're a normal church who love Jesus, and we've got a big vision to reach the whole world. So that's why we videotape all of our sermons, because the idea is that people around the world, we've already got about 50 people registered around the world who watch what we do, and they try to start little churches, church groups in their homes, wherever in the world they are. And that could mean in countries where it's illegal to be a Christian, and they're meeting in homes persecuted little groups of people meeting in a home watching what we do but trying to grow churches where they are and we're trying to obey the mission that Jesus gave the church which is go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and up until now it's been very difficult for one church to do that they used to send the odd missionary maybe once every few years but we can send everything we do through the internet to the farthest reaches of the world and we're going to be doing it more and more. We're plowing our energies, our efforts, everything into it to reach the planet. So I'm so grateful to you guys for supporting that. And we just need to pray and trust that the Lord is using this to, to grow, grow disciples. Amen. Not just converts, but disciples. So Lord Jesus, thank you for using what we do and say. Your power put onto our meager efforts to make them into something mighty for your kingdom. And we pray for those people all around the world, especially those who are watching this, that Lord God, you would help them, empower them, embolden them, and give them everything they need to grow your kingdom where they live. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We've been doing a series, we started last week, called I Am. And the idea behind this is that Jesus, whenever he said the words, I am, he said it in an unusual way, which carried a lot of extra power. Uh, he, he used a phrase kind of echoing what God had said in Exodus in the Old Testament, when Moses meets God at the burning bush and God says, go Moses, go and deliver the Israelites from Egypt. Moses says, what is your name? Who is sending me? God says, I am that I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. And so whenever Jesus said the words I am, he said it in a funny way. He said ego I me, which means I, I am, instead of just saying I am. It was an unusual thing. And so every time he said it, the Pharisees and, and the religious leaders were very upset. And, they, and they, whenever he said the words I am, they wanted to get him. They either questioned him or pressured him or tried to kill him because he was basically claiming to be God. And we looked at that last week. Please listen to it on the, on the internet if you haven't heard it already. Because there's some really important truths in this series. We're doing four weeks. And the idea behind it is not just how great Jesus is. But the Bible says that as Jesus is, so are we. We need to have that I am. That sense of identity. Who am I? I'm not just of my father's background. I'm not just of this nationality. I'm not just... A lawyer or a teacher I'm not just a wife or a husband I'm not just what my past has been I'm not just what people see of me actually there's something more to me there's a spiritual element and just like Jesus would say I am and in the Garden of Gethsemane the soldiers came and they said where's Jesus Jesus said I I am ego I me 
And the soldiers fell down because his identity was so strong that God broke through. We should be able to be very, very bold. The righteous are as bold as a lion. The wicked flee, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's what the Bible says. There's something in it. And it's not our, our boldness in who we are in our flesh. It's in who God is in us. Amen. There's something about a Christian who has a confidence and a security and a peace that they're not striving and struggling like the rest of the world. And the world sees that and they say, there's something about you. My prayer is that everyone who hears this series will have that peace and that confidence. They can say, I am not with pride, not with arrogance, but with a security in Jesus, which gives glory to God. And the world has changed. Amen. Do you want that? It'll, it really, it is life-changing. I believe today's talk is life-changing. It's changed my life, and I believe it can change yours. If you'll just listen, listening, as, the, as Jesus would say. Open both ears. Amen? In fact, all three ears. This, the, right ear, the, the right ear, the left ear, and the wild frontier. No. The, the, <laughs> the, the ears of our spirit. We listen to God, and He changes us. So, in John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am, again that funny phrase, ego, I, me, and then he said, the bread of life. And he, he said it three times in this chapter. And the context is that Jesus feeds the 5,000, so he's in a faraway, distant place, they're all there without food. He gives them, multiplies the bread and the fish, and he feeds thousands of people. And then the people follow him, but they keep wanting bread again. They keep actually wanting him to give them more bread. They, they want food, physical food. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He's trying to show them that the miracle of feeding them was just to point them to the real bread that they need, which is God and eternal life. And so I want to look at this phrase, I am the bread of life today. I don't know what you think of when you think of bread. Have you ever been into a supermarket when you're hungry and you walk past the bakery section and they're baking fresh bread and the smell just gets the saliva flowing in your mouth and makes you so hungry and you just think, oh, I want to eat something. And it makes you buy more and more and more because your hunger is driving you. Have you ever had that? Fresh bread, that idea of bread, speaks of our physical needs for food and water and sleep and shelter. But it also speaks of all of our earthly needs. You know, human beings have come up, a guy called Abraham Maslow, uh, uh, over a hundred years ago, came up with what he called a, a hierarchy of needs, a pyramid of needs. Have you ever heard of it? Most of us have. My son said he was taught it in grade four at school. I was quite amazed by that, to be taught that at such a young age. I've got a slide of it, which we're going to put up on the screen now, the, the hierarchy of needs. So basically, what, what the human psychologists have come up with is that our most basic needs are physiological needs, food and water and sleep. And if we don't have those, then that's all we care about is just getting food. And we will just put all our efforts into getting those needs met. Food and, and life needs, breath, air, water, etc. Then the next one up is safety. If we've got all of our basic physiological needs met, then we want safety and security. We want to know that we won't be threatened. And then the one above that is love or acceptance or belonging. We want to be loved and part of a, a group. 
And then if we've got all of those three met, then we go for the next one up, which is self-esteem, where I feel important. And then the pinnacle, according to human psychology, is if I've got all of those needs met, I've got all my food I need, I've got all my safety that I need, I've got love and belonging, I've got self-esteem, then I go for self-actualization. And nobody really knows what that means. I, I don't think even Abraham Maslow knew what that meant. But people say it means I, I become who I really am. Or I express myself. Or I find my true calling in life. Or I, I do something which I really want to do. And I don't care about anyone else. I'm creative or I whatever. And, and that's what the world says. If you haven't got the bottom needs met, then you can never meet the top needs. And that's what the world thinks. The people who came to Jesus were thinking like that. They thought, I've got to get food first. Forget the fact that this man, Jesus, is saying he is the bread of life, the answer to all of life's problems, the answer to eternal life. I might live 70, 80 years here, but he's offering eternal life and forgiveness of sins and peace and self-esteem and, and love and belonging and all the other things. Forget that. I just want the bread. And so they were going for the bread and Jesus kept saying to them, no, it's not about physical bread. That's fine. It's important to have that. But look, there's something much more important right here in front of you. I am the bread of life. And this idea of bread of life, all of our needs being met and identity, I am going together. How do those two fit together? That's what our, my challenge is today, is to try and show you how the two fit together. And basically, I'm going to give you the end of the sermon right now. The Bible says that in our identity, finding out who I am in Christ, I get all the other needs met. It's not the, the pyramid this way up. It's actually an upside down pyramid. Self-actualization. I find out who I am, not in me, but in Christ. I find my real identity in Him and all those other needs will be met as well. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Suddenly I get self-esteem. I get love and belonging. I get safety and He says I'll provide all, all of your needs according to your, my riches and glory. When I find Him first. But, and we, we were on a course recently, a guy called Craig Hill did a course, which we're going to be offering to the whole church eventually. But he said something interesting. He said, the soul looks for peace. And when the soul is not at peace, it looks to the flesh to find peace. And so it looks for food or substances or, or pride or glory or love or, or sex or whatever it is to try and make my soul at peace. That's what he said in the video. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying. You've got to find peace in who you are, your identity and your acceptance in God. If you don't, you will be a slave to all those other needs in your body. Either physical needs, food, or substances of some sort, or sex, or something like that. Or safety. Maybe you'll just be obsessed with making sure that you're safe and everything's organized and you've got enough insurance policies and enough money in the bank and a good job security. Or you'll be obsessed with self-esteem and, and making sure everybody tells you how great you are or, or getting climbing up the ladder in, in work or society. Or you'll be obsessed with finding love and acceptance. Look at me, look at me. Why? Because we're just like those people who are following Jesus. We think, if I get all those needs met, then I'll find my identity. And Jesus said, no, no. You find your identity, and then all those needs come.
This is an important talk, brothers and sisters. It, it really is. It changes lives. And so I want to look at this today. Just before I go on, I, I found another picture of Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs on the internet, which Carol's going to put up on the screen for us now, which I thought was very funny. Can you see that? I think it's true. So let me read you. Thanks, Carol. You can go back to the normal Maslow's picture. Let me just read you a couple of the verses in John chapter 6. Verse 26, Jesus answered them and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set a seal on him. He was saying if you run after that food, you might get it, but it's a temporary fix. It won't satisfy you and it won't endure forever. I wonder if that's true of any of us here today. Ecclesiastes 6 verse 7. Solomon was the, the richest man on, in the world. In his time, he was the king of Israel. He had untold riches and he could do whatever he wanted. He was the king without any accountability structures. Enormous wealth, enormous power and no one to answer to. And he decided he was going to try everything in the world. So he married a thousand women. He tried all the different pleasures that he could find. He tried visiting different places, getting as many goods and possessions. He tried different job things that he could do. He tried everything. And again and again in Ecclesiastes, he says, it's vanity. It's vanity. It's all just chasing after the wind. And Ecclesiastes 6 verse 7, he says, all the labor of man is for his mouth. And yet the soul is not satisfied. All of our labor is to meet this need because we think it's physical, but our soul is not satisfied. Blaise Pascal, who was a great man, uh, said this, All men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end. The cause of some going to war and of others avoiding it is the same desire in both, attended with different views. The will never takes the least step but to this object. This is the motive of every action of every man, even of those who hang themselves. He was saying, we're all looking for our needs to be met, but we look for it in different ways, but we're all seeking that same thing, happiness. C.S. Lewis said, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. You see, religion for many, many centuries has said, ignore your desires, that desire for food, that desire for intimacy, for self-esteem, for love, for all these things. Ignore them, press them down, they're bad, they're evil. God says they're not evil. Jesus fed the 5,000. It's not an evil thing, but he said, as long as it leads you to the real bread of life, your desires mustn't be suppressed. You must explore them to the full to understand they are really fulfilled only in God. You can try all the things in the world, but your desires will only be fulfilled in finding your real identity. I am in Christ. Jesus went on in John chapter 6. Verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And then they misunderstood. 
He said to them, for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. And they thought he was saying they should actually eat him. And they were completely confused. And he kept saying to them, no, it's about the spirit. I'm showing you that it's spiritual. It's not physical. It's not about real physical things. Those just point to the real spiritual need that you have. And then in verse 63, Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. He was saying that through his words, we can find that identity, that self-actualization that really shows us the fulfillment that we need. Through his words, we can understand. Many of his disciples left him. And at the end, there were just the 12. And Jesus said to them in verse 67, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now my question, or basically my, my point, my statement, is that if your flesh, if your soul is not satisfied with who you really are, if you're not at rest with who you are, if you haven't found I am in God, your flesh is seeking, you, your soul is trying to get peace from your flesh, but the, the problem is there's, there's an enemy, there's a devil, and he uses our flesh to try and pull us away from God. So... I'd like to just read you one last story, and I'm going to, this will be the, the end of my talk. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus has just been baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, and we know what happened. The Holy Spirit came on him like a dove, and can you remember what the voice from heaven said? You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Just think about that for a second. God booms out from heaven to Jesus. Remember, Jesus grows up not sure if he's the son of God. He's learning. He's trying to work it out just like us. He's in the flesh. He's got to work it out by reading the Bible, by praying, by looking for, for answers. And God speaks to him at his baptism and says, you are my beloved son. Son means you're part of the family. You can't be no longer my son. It's different from an employee. It's different from a slave. You are my son. You bear my name. You're part of, my, of me and my family. Nothing will change that. Friend, you and I have to get that today. You are just like Jesus, God's son or daughter. Then he said, you are my beloved son. It's not enough that you're just a son, one that I put up with or tolerate. I love you. I'm passionate about you. I have strong emotions about you. And many of us are sitting there today and we're thinking, I, I don't know, I can't accept that God loves me. I want to tell you that in Christ, Galatians uh, 3 verse 27 says, As many of us who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You are in Christ. God loves you. Not because of you, not because you're good, not because of anything you've done, just because you're in Christ. He says, you are loved by me. You are my son or daughter and I love you. And then the last thing he says, in you I am well pleased. God is grinning when he thinks about you. God is happy and excited about you. As soon as people mention you, God goes, oh, I'm so pleased, I'm excited, I love that person so much. You say, but I'm not good. The identity we have in Christ means that you are loved, you are accepted. Nothing can change it. You can rest in it. And that's what Jesus had. As he leaves the Jordan River, these words are echoing in his mind. You are my beloved son. I'm well pleased with you. 
But then look what happens. He was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing, and afterward, when that ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God. Do you see what he's saying there? He's going for his identity. He's saying, if you are the Son of God, let me test and see how much you really believe that you are who God said you are. If you are the Son of God, if you really are, why don't you turn these stones into bread? Because he's hungry. You see what the devil does? He looks at your soul and he says, do you know who you are? And let me tempt you with something of your flesh. Let me use one of those needs, physiological needs, safety needs, self-esteem, love and acceptance. Let me use one of those to test whether you really are at peace within yourself. And he offers you things. And he, he wants you to disobey God to try and get one of those needs met to make your soul at peace. If you are the Son of God, make bread. You're hungry. You need it. Turn to the flesh to get that need met for identity instead of turning to the Spirit. And Jesus said, it is written, God's word says, I will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He was secure. He had no doubt. Not because of anything other than he trusted when God said, you are my son and I love you and I'm pleased with you. Jesus said, I trust God's words. I trust him. He's right. Then the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I'll give you all of this authority if you'll just bow down and worship me. Jesus said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God only. He's going for important self-esteem and self-actualization, if you like. This is your goal, Jesus, is to win back the world. I'll give it to you. Jesus says, no, no, I know who I am. I don't have to go a different route to find fulfillment. I know who God has made me. And then the devil says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off this high rooftop because it is written. The devil actually quotes the Bible to Jesus that his angels will bear you up and you won't, you won't damage your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. I want you to see what was happening here. The devil was using, was trying to get at Jesus' identity. If you are the son of God, are you secure? And that's what he's doing to you and to me every minute of every day. When you wake up in the morning, your first thought, you have hunger for breakfast. You have a need for something, self-esteem, uh, importance, love, belonging, whatever it is. Those needs are good. They're from God. The devil comes in immediately. Your first thought of the day. He says, if you really are God's child, why don't you just try and get that need met through some other way? Why don't you overeat, undereat, cause yourself to vomit, do this other thing. Go and promote yourself, make yourself bigger. Put a post on the internet that makes people think how great you are. Why don't you try all these different ways to get your needs met, if you really are who you think you are. And every minute of every day, we have the same choice Jesus had to say, it is written, I am the Son of God. I am loved. I am well-pleasing to Him. I'm resting in him and my soul finds peace in God alone. I'm going to ask us to do some business with God. I could talk on and on and on, but that's not going to help us. We need to, we need to do business with God right now. So if you could just stand with me and we're going, to, we're going to look to God right now. Just pray this prayer in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, please would you help me now to have a breakthrough moment. Lord, right now, I pray 
that you would help me to find identity in you instead of looking for it in the flesh. Jesus, please help me right now to no longer seek peace in my soul from all these other needs, from all these other places. Lord Jesus, please would you cure me today of this constant searching, striving, trying and looking around for peace that can only be found in you. Help me now, Lord. And if you meant that prayer, God is going to answer you right now. Just while the music plays, we're just going to focus on the Lord. We're just going to worship Him. We're going to look to Him. Forget everybody else around you. Lord, we love you today. We know that you are good, that you are God, that you created the world with your words, that you are the ultimate I am, the great I am who always is and always was. And Lord, your words are true. Your words are true, Lord God. When you say something, it is true. Not only is it true, but it has creative power. And God, I'm choosing today to trust in your words. Lord God, I'm choosing today to trust in your words. Friend, I'm going to ask you to look inside yourself. Say, who do I really think that I am? Do I think that I'm dirty and sinful? Or do I think that I'm clean because the Word of God says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? And make a decision right now and say, Lord, I choose to believe your Word because of Jesus' blood on the cross. I am washed clean. I'm acceptable. I am pure and holy. You just make that decision. You just flick the switch in your mind. You say, God, I'm trusting your word. What about acceptance? Do you feel like you have to strive or do something to be accepted by other people, by the church, or by God? The Bible says you are accepted in the Beloved. He is well pleased with you. You are part of God's household. He loves you. He's given you the power to become children, sons of God. You are a son and not a servant. You have his name. You have his identity. When Jacob tricked his father Isaac, he put on clothes of his brother Esau and he put on hairy skins and he cooked a meal and he went to his father he says I am Esau and the father said is that really you Esau and he smelt the aroma and he said ah oh, the smell of the son that I love I want you to know that when you come into God's presence you are clothed in Jesus and he smells the aroma of his son that he loves you are accepted in the beloved you are perfect. You don't have to strive to please God. You can rest. Hebrews 4 says we have entered a rest, a Sabbath rest. Our whole lives are a rest. We don't have to earn anything from God anymore. You can rest in His presence. Hebrews 10, 14 says by one sacrifice, He has made you perfect forever. You can never add to it. You don't have to earn anything. And I'm wanting to, you to imagine that scene when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan and he went under the water and he came up and the Holy Spirit came upon him and the voice of God said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. 
I'm not just tolerating you. I'm not in a bad mood. I am thrilled with you. And now my brother or sister, I want you to choose today to claim that. To say, God, I put a stake in the ground today. I am your child. I am perfect. I am clean. I am well pleasing to you. I am loved and accepted. I am your son. I am your daughter. And everything I am is bound up in you. I am what I am by the grace of God. And friend, when you do that today as a decision of your will, the power of God comes in. And He helps you. And Lord, right now I pray for Your Holy Spirit, just as You descended on Jesus, to descend on each one here. To give us power, to give us a witness in our hearts, Lord. To give us the ability to walk out this identity. Lord God, in Jesus' name, by the power and authority of Jesus' name, I break off every single one here, the bondages and the guilt that has clung on to us because of running after the flesh to have our needs met. I break those things off in Jesus' name. I come against gluttony. I come against ambition. I come against pride. I come against ego and striving. I come against sexual sin and perversion and addiction of every sort. And in Jesus' name, I proclaim freedom and liberty. I say that every one of God's people here, their soul will be satisfied in God alone. And God, we declare and agree with your word that you will meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. We find our whole hope in you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And now as an act of faith, we're going we're to thank him. We're going to worship the Lord together as an act of faith and watch the change that happens in our life from today. Amen. Let's, let's worship. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.